We have a fantastic, really real deal guest here uh, for you as we listen to a little bit of the Temptations talk about a ball of confusion. And, uh, hey, there is a ball of confusion, and it's not by accident, folks. And uh, we have Matt Palumbo, uh, who's joining us. And Matt has uh, co-wrote a book with uh, Dan Bongino called Spygate, the Attempted Sabotage of Donald J. Trump. And, uh, folks, this is uh, this is bigger than Watergate, uh, probably a hundred times uh, bigger than Watergate. And uh, if, if Republicans across this nation ever grow a set of shown-up onions, I don't mean these baby pearls that a lot of them tote around and, and, and cry about, ooh, I'm an onion toter. No, I mean some Vidalias, okay? Uh, if they ever grow Vidalias, and really get this message out. Uh, this will go down in history as bigger than Watergate. And uh, so we want to say welcome to Matt. Matt, did I overstate it? Uh, not at all, sir. Thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. You know, you, you. are uh, Dan Bongino's uh, resident fact checker, uh, the mm-hmm. author uh, in your own right, the author of Conscience of a Young Conservative, and co-founder of Unbiased America. And God, don't we need uh, unbiasedness uh, from time to time? Yeah, it's, um, it's actually just a Facebook page that, we, that me and a few friends run. Um, but we usually try to find a news topic every day. We just mm-hmm. do like a, a general fact-based analysis you wouldn't see anywhere else. Um, well, that's fine. So, don't, don't, call yeah. it just yep. a, don't call it just a <laughs> Facebook page because that's like the oak tree saying... Well, yesterday I was just an acorn. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So you hang in there, young man. And um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, I just love seeing uh, millennials rise up and, uh, and take their place in the continuum, you know, because I've been telling people for years that, you know, I'm not uh, super smart or great or anything that I just have in my hand a baton. Uh, my elders put it in my hand. I'm running my leg of the race, and I want to hand the baton off to a guy like you, Matt, a millennial. Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's more or less what Dan's doing with me too. Um, you know, I met him probably four-ish years ago when the first book he mentioned came out, and I was only 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's first book, so it didn't do very well. But I was lucky in that Dan was one of the few people who did read it, um, and then ended up reaching out to me, and we've more or less been in contact ever since. Um, and then it was back in January, so you know, almost four or five years after we met, that he asked me to do this book, and it's just, mm-hmm. it's completely blown up. But we never really expected it to be this successful, so it's, yeah. it's great. Well, that's great. That's great. I pray. Yep. I pray that it continue. And uh, and for one thing, it's right on. It's it's spot on. It's it it mm-hmm. really really is. And uh, and it's it's the truth. And you know, the Democrats control academia. They control media. They've they've infiltrated churches, and there are many church denominations that they that they outright control now and uh you know it's like they infect everything that they they touch and that they've uh they've tried to infect the donald j trump administration and so uh share with the audience exactly how and and this started with the obama administration uh putting uh literally putting spies i mean you can't make this stuff up if it was a Hollywood thriller, you would think, oh, they, they, you know, that's fiction. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, where does it start? I mean, to be honest, we don't know exactly when it started. I mean, it was sometime during the uh, presidential campaigns. Um, so the official FBI investigation into the Trump campaign began in July of 2016. Um, and normally the protocol would be to notify the director of national intelligence that the FBI is open to counterintelligence investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, but Comey didn't follow protocol and tell anyone. Um, so right off the bat, you know, the secretive nature of the investigation, I see as a red flag. Uh-huh. Um, and one of the points Dan and I argue is, you know, there was already an investigation to the Trump campaign and, you know, they needed to legitimize it or, you know, give the facade of legitimacy in case they were, they were found. Um, so more or less, they had to do an FBI investigation so they could say, you know, that was the reason why Nazis were meddling for mm-hmm. the sake of meddling. Um, and we say that because, you know, there were you mentioned the spy on the Trump campaign. And one of the people he met with was George Papadopoulos, um, who was one of the people charged by Mueller. But months before, now, and I believe it was. Uh, t- tell April tell the May, audience nothing right. against young folks. But this yeah. guy's like he's 12 years old times two. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's uh, mid or late 20s, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And um, so now there's no way he's a big, he's like, what, a volunteer in, in the Trump organization who was, they plied him with liquor, uh, fed him yeah. some lies, uh, mm-hmm. and then he went out and repeated the lie he was told by a, a more, much more senior person who I think was British, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And that was before, way before the FBI investigation, which is why we say, you know, we think they were trying to, you know, extract or entrap him way before the FBI. Investigation. Oh yeah. And then, after, and then after the FBI uh, investigation started, that's when um, that spy Stephen Helper started meeting with Papadopoulos, and he mm-hmm. inquired about a lot of the same things those other two people you were mentioned were talking about. So obviously, there's some information sharing um, between the three, or at least a few of them. Right. Um, the guy. So the first guy Papadopoulos met was this professor named Joseph Mifsud. Um, there's really not much known about him. Um, we did find um, evidence that he's donated to the Clinton Foundation in the past, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and he reportedly met Papadopoulos, the woman who's now his wife or fiance, I can't remember which, um, worked for him. Um, but apparently Mifsud wasn't interested in him at all until he found out he was a member of the Trump campaign. Um, and then that's when he started feeding him lies. And you know, the mm-hmm. lie that ended up getting Papadopoulos in trouble was that this professor possessed Hillary's hacked emails, which obviously he did not. Um, Papadopoulos, months later, um, uh, you know, according to the New York Times, he was drunk when he, quote-unquote, admitted this. Right. But that's when he started saying, babbling off, oh, I have Hillary's hacked emails, which, you know, obviously he did not. Um, he was meeting at the time with an Australian minister who was a, arranged a very large donation to the Clinton Foundation um, from Australia's government. Um, so it's just odd. Like, why would a two Clinton Foundation donors be requesting to meet with a Trump campaign guy, and then, you know, of course, you know exactly what happens next is the end of taking yeah. the fall. So it, it just seems too uh, coincidental. And see, and the thing about yeah. it is that it's, it's really, it's not odd. It's just, this is this is criminality. This is mm-hmm. this is political espionage, okay? Yep. And, 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 and when they talk about, okay, the Russians, the Brits, the Aussies, you know, now Australia, I, I don't really get because they're a solid ally, all right? But mm-hmm. The Brits, they're socialists, okay? The Russians, they're, you know, former communists, and now they call themselves capitalists, but they're really just a, they're a thug society, all right? And yeah. so none of these people historically have ever liked Republicans. They've always liked Democrats. So mm-hmm. the basic question that should be asked of, of anyone in, in, in that I can't figure out why 
people on our side don't just break things down and make them really, really simple. And so your first question is, okay, if Russia and all nations, all powerful nations uh, meddle in each other's affairs and try to put people in place or to help people that would be sympathetic to them or would be weaker so that they could uh, conquer them. That's This is called statecraft, right? Right. So it seems to me that you have to ask your question, okay, Russia would prefer who, a Democrat or a Republican? I mean, mm-hmm. when, when has Russia ever, I mean, the Democrat Party's platform, yeah, you, it, it, it reads just like the Soviet Union, you know, yeah. socialize uh, yeah, this, have- socialize that. They wouldn't want a Republican. I mean, it's like Ronald Reagan caused them to lose their empire. Yeah. A, um, and also, I mean, Putin uh, said in 2012 he prefers Obama over Romney, and I don't think that got even an ounce of coverage. Um, exactly. Fact, I only, yeah, I only knew that because I thought, I just had a thought. I'm like, huh, I wonder how liberals would have reacted if Obama endorsed Putin, or I mean, the, the Putin endorsed Obama. So I just Googled it, and I'm like, oh, I had no idea that actually happened. I Ex- never heard of it. Exactly. So, Ex- yeah. They always want the weaker one, okay? Because yeah, rather so- than Obama... Uh, shoring up America and being president of America like Trump, he's trying to be president of the world and take his homosexual agenda all over the planet, okay? Yeah, well, what's funny is, I mean, this whole anti-Russia thing is, I mean, the hysteria is only a phenomenon of the last two years. In fact, um, on the Democratic Party's official Twitter account um, back in 2012, there's still some tweet out where they're mocking Romney for calling Russia or yes. foe, where they say something like, uh, you know, the Cold War wants their foreign policy back, and they just tweet still up. As a matter of fact, Obama said that uh, in yeah, the yeah, debate yeah, when that. when yeah, Romney yeah. said Russia was a major geopolitical foe, Obama made mockery and said, oh, you know, the 1980s want their, yeah. or something like that, the 1980s want their foreign policy back, or the 1980s are calling. And But it was some snarky little remark, and you, the 140 million that uh, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton got into the Clinton Foundation. Uh, you know, do you cover the um, the Canadian company that was the go-between to get 20% of America's uranium capacity transferred to Putin? So we, near the end of, like the last third or maybe quarter of the book, it's our speculation on various actors' motives. Um, because, you know, there's so many different characters in the book. There's, you know, uh, British influences, Ukrainians, Russians, etc. Um, and, you know, it would be way too simplistic to say, you know, there's one singular reason for why they would all want to intervene, because obviously they all have their own unique interests. Mm-hmm. So the last quarter of the book is more or less covering that. So we do talk about scandals like the Uranium One scandal and how obviously if Hillary was president, it would have helped cover that up or and also helped cover it for Obama. And we go through yeah. all, you know, all little possible motives, and we don't, you know, say for sure this is it, but we just say, you know, mm-hmm. these are all various reasons why they would think that way. And I mean, obviously, the the simplest yeah. would just be Trump represents a threat to the establishment. Um, that's, you know, what I think is probably the number one yeah. motive. But you know, we include everything else as well. Yeah. Well, uh, it's yeah. it's great. Look, uh, one last question, uh, another sure. subject off, of, you know, then then maybe you can tell folks how to get your book. But sure. uh, you being a millennial. Okay, mm-hmm. and millennials uh, being a generation that uh, predominantly votes uh, Democrat, what is it about Republicanism, conservatism, uh, 
or what I call the Christian conservative constitutional capitalistic coalition? Is it that you just see it more clearly or is there something that was where you once uh, in, 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 in entertaining these lies that the Democrats tell and then you had a red pill moment? You know, what is it that caused you to wake up or, or just good parents? You know, what is it? And then do you have friends that um, have expressed similar uh, moments where they woke up? You know, I'm trying to get at how we can teach millennials uh, truth. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's almost, I mean, when I started out, it was definitely public policy. Like, I was just researching a lot of claims up here in school, like, I don't know, like, for instance, like the, uh, you know, the, the pay gap or just generic myths like that. Um, so I just kind of started researching those and you know, more or less finding them all, all out to be nonsense. And that was sort of what directed me onto the right because I was thinking, you know. So you're a self-thinker. Like, so that's. Yeah, I was like, I was like, if all these like, I guess you call them like pop culture uh, political talking points were fake and they're all on the left. Well, that should kind of lead me to siding with the right more. And mm-hmm. I mean, that. That was more starting out, and you'll see that in my first book. It's pretty much all just different public policy oh, okay. issues. Now, what about your but, circle of friends? Do you have, uh, you know, they say a wise man has friendships in all walks of life, okay? Yeah. So yeah. talk about your friends who are, like, maybe far left loony or left, and they're trying to be cerebral about it, or those that are uh, conservative. You know, what? Are, what's your circle of friends and you know, kind of give us a percentage breakdown of where they are and how they can be. Uh, I know some of them I know will never move, but for those that are movable, how do you move them? It's an interesting question because you know, the term the left has definitely changed in what it's meant to me over the years. And I see, like, I've noticed in college, too, like, just different personality types naturally gravitate towards different ideals. So, like, for me, you know, a big appeal of conservativism is the, you know, the aspect of the individual that, you know, I can empower myself to achieve whatever I want without, you know, a helping hand from the government. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of libertarian. A, a little bit-ish. Um, right. On certain, on certain fiscal issues. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's weird because like my liberal my liberal friends are not like the kind of social justice warriors you'd see you know go protest a college campus talk they're people who will laugh at all that you know crazy PCness on the far left but themselves will support specific you know fiscal policies that might be more liberal so it's it's mm-hmm. bizarre they're not the liberals you'd see debating on Fox News they're more i guess apolitical people who generally are kind of to the left um, but, although but- but policy-wise, policy, policy wise, do they, you know, how do they, you know, I, I, and I take it you'd be talking about, you know, folks that you went to college with. So, yeah, yep. so how do they rationalize, you know, how do they rationalize uh, this? Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to, so, I mean, the only friend of mine that was, like, really far left is, ironically, the only person I've turned to the right, Um it was a socialist who sat next to me in economics class. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, to be honest, I just listened to all his objections and explained. Like, he had, for instance, he had a very zero-sum view of wealth. So, like, you know, oh, if a millionaire okay. is better off by a million dollars a year, that must mean everyone else is worse off. So, you know, he's just explaining a lot of, mm-hmm. I don't know, core concepts about, you know, wealth creation. and Yeah, you know, why he never heard of synergy, that one plus one exactly, equals three. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was a lot of just stuff like that. And, you know, me explaining, you know, just myself, and, you know, I've been working since I was 15. And this is what I've been able to accomplish on my own. And, you know, anyone can really do this. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think, you know, just almost like serving as an example in your own life, too, can help. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of uh, almost like almost more of like a religious thing, I think, but um, a religious way of acting. But I, I do think, you know, how you behave in your personal life can influence other people. Uh, yeah. especially politically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're just joining us, folks, we have Matt Palumbo with us, and he has uh, partnered up with uh, his mentor, uh, Dan Bongino, to write the book Spygate, the attempted sabotage of Donald J. Trump. And, um, you know, here in this election season, this is really, really uh, some very, very relevant stuff. Now, what do your millennial friends think of the job President Trump is doing and are they able to separate out what um, the news media uh, projects Trump as uh, versus the results Trump is getting? Or, or do they even have do they even go to places with, where they would find that out? It's you know, what? it's weird. because I never they would never complain about, like, the current economic landscape or his foreign policy achievements. It's. It's weird because it seems like most of the criticism of Trump is what I'd call middle school criticism. It's gossip about what he said about who or right. what happened on Twitter. It's weird because <laughs> we've never had an approval rating of a president this low with an unemployment rate this low. And I mean, there's no other explanation other than it's the media itself, because I, yeah. I think we've seen studies that 90 percent of coverage is negative And, you know, if you should show the average person that kind of filtered coverage, mm-hmm. there's really only one possible conclusion you can come to unfortunately yeah that's Um, the man's doing a great job (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah well anyway look god bless you and your endeavors much success with the book before you go tell folks how to get the book how to reach you your uh that 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 facebook that you were talking about and Mm -hmm. uh and your website yeah so um the book can just find i think amazon.com would probably be the easiest way although i have seen it barnes and noble um, for the Facebook page, Unbiased America, if you just search Unbiased America on Facebook, it should come up as one of the first, probably the first result, I'd assume. Um, what was the other question? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> the other question to. left me, too. You know, once it comes <laughs> out, it's out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. Dang. All right. I think we'll miss that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, no, I know what it was. Your, uh, your uh, website. Tell folks how to get your website. Oh, so I don't have my own personal website, um, but I am on Twitter. It's Matt Palumbo and then 12 at the end. Oh, okay. Um, and in fact, if you search the wrong name, there's an account that's just Matt Palumbo, and it says on his bio, uh, I'm not Matt Palumbo 12. So you can also find it through <laughs> oh, there, okay. ironically. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, well, God bless you. Give our best regards to uh, Dan. Will do. Thanks for having me on. It's been, it was a lot of fun. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.